The views and opinions expressed in the following episodes are those of the individuals and are not meant to insult or offend anyone. Jeez, dark and gloomy much? Are you trying to be an edgelord? Well, then how should I put it then? I don't know. How about... We come in peace. We mean no harm. We may spoil some things. We may swear a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So listener discretion is advised. episode of Little Nerdy. I'm your co-host Owen. And I'm your host Michelle. And today is another Halloween spooktacular episode. So just a heads up to everybody, Michelle has been feeling under the weather for the past couple of days. She has come back testing negative for COVID, so don't worry about anything like that. Yeah. And so she's just kind of, you know, going to be a little droggy, so please forgive her for that. Little droggy, little congested. I might sound like not sound like my normal self, but I'm here in spirit. <laughs> and we got the Halloween spirit going on. Yeah. So today is going to be our episode about horror video games. Nice. Yeah. So we're uh, also before we get too far into this, I want to give a big shout out to our friend Black White Check for uh, doing our intro and outro music. You can check their workout in the link, um, and or just go to blackwhitecheck.com. Yeah, that's what'll be in the link. Yeah. You bet. All right. You hey, look at that. I'm getting all this stuff nailed down after how many episodes? <laughs> 32. This is, our, I think, our 32nd episode. Nice. Well, you know, eventually got to, you know, be able to ha- know what to, uh, what we're doing and what we're all about. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's kind of start off with um, you. Do you remember the first horror video game you ever played? I feel like the first horror video game I ever remember playing... I don't know if this would count, but it's, like, on the Sega Genesis, and it would have been Jurassic Park. I think that counts as a horror game. I mean, big hungry lizards running at you and trying to chomp your face off. Yeah, I remember my dad, when he used to get home off work after supper, and, like, my my homework was done and everything. I think John used to, my brother used to come down, too, but we had, like, a doubt like a basement and did it uh we had like this really old tv <laughs> and stuff but we had the sega genesis hooked up to it and my dad and my brother and i would sit down there and play and i could remember playing it and you'd be watching my dad would be playing and all of a sudden he'd start running around in a circle and you'd look over and he'd be <laughs> starting to fall asleep while he was playing and stuff just because i mean he'd worked all day and stuff but that was a lot of fun, and that's like I think the first, <laughs> first real John Bichelle and our dad like gameplay that we did. <laughs> yeah, good old classic. 
Yeah, <clears throat> for me personally, the first episode, or first horror video game I think I ever recall playing was something on the original PlayStation. And I cannot for the life of me remember what game it was, but I went over to a buddy's place. And we played, like there was this whole year, some detective, you go to a hospital, some ooze-like thing so, like pushes you through a portal, you're at this castle, and you're trying to do all these puzzle solving... And, yeah, it was just, like, how everything, like, I remember getting stuck at this part where we went down, a like, a well that we drained to go get a item, but, like, there was this suit of armor that came to life behind us, and every time we tried to climb up, we couldn't get out, and then, yeah, just, uh, life kind of happened, and we never played it again, and, yeah, I really wish I could go back and play it just to beat it, mm -hmm. but, yeah, that game, like, we didn't even really play it in the dark, and it freaked me out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like, of course, that was the older system and stuff. And then, fast forward a few years, um, the Nintendo GameCube had come out. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing this was the first time ever seeing a Resident Evil horror game. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody remembers the first time they see they play or see Resident Evil. Yeah. And I remember seeing the body bag on, like, the corner table, corners table. And, uh,. Then all of a sudden the body bag, like the person in the body bag just gets up and then you hear the gunshot and that body falls down thinking, what the frick is this? Resident Evil 2? Uh, it was the Resident Evil 1. And it was the uh, oh. remastered, like the, yeah, remastered edition. It wasn't like the original PlayStation uh, graphics. It was the high definition one. I gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, you know, that was the introduction to it and... Me and uh, those buddies, we played for hours on that game, and we were always just trying to like figure out, I was like, hey, how many bullets do you need to put on a zombie exactly, and figuring out the math system on, like, okay, so if a pistol, you know, uses, like, four shots to take down a zombie, but a shotgun takes, uh, uses only one, so the shotgun's, like, worth four regular bullets kind of thing, and trying to figure out, like, just what the system was for damage on that thing, because... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's like as much as like the game was horrifying, we also knew that there because it is a game, it has a math system in it. Like there's like there's numbers and stuff that are all accounted for in it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so you know, like it was scary, but it was still kind of like we were just math uh, doing the math and being nerds. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was kind of like the introduction to the classic horror games, and I gotta say, like. The thing I love about horror games over movies or comics or, or any kind of, like, experience, the only thing that beats that, I think, video games would actually be haunted houses and stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, in video games, yeah, you actually get a sense of, like, because you're the person making the calls, you're the person doing the things, there's a lot of situations where you feel like you are that person. Mm -hmm. It really gets you into it more than a movie does. Yeah, I definitely agree. That aspect of, like, you're kind of... You're kind of in control. Yeah, also, she's a little tired. She's been napping on and off all, <laughs> all day. Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, I apologize. I, <laughs> I'm i going to be fine, but I'm a little worse, worse for wear at the moment. But we shall conquer. <laughs> mm -hmm. And again, I think this is actually kind of a funny sign where it's like, you know, you get sick as a dog, but yet me, it's like my immune system is like, it is the scary monster. It's like whenever like a cold or flu comes around, I might be sick for a day and then my immune, and it just kicks in and it's just like, get out of here. And 
It sends it running for the hills. I mean, I have a pretty decent immune system, too. Yeah, but I mean... But I like my dad, <laughs> which is when I get sick. It's full sick. It's full sick, and it takes you... It knocks you off your feet for a hot second there. But, yeah, getting back to what I was saying. Yeah, the thing about it is... um you're kind of in control. Like you, I mean, obviously, the game has to follow a certain path, right? Yeah, but, certain rules. But you're still in control of, like, is the character going to go in this room? Or is it going to go in that room? And stuff. So I think that helps to make it a more immersive... Kind of scary feeling because it's not just you're watching the person thinking, oh, no, don't go in there. Or, oh, no, pick that up. Or something. You're yeah. like... Getting all these oh no's, I wouldn't do that or whatever, like a lot of people do. Yeah. It's now you are doing those things, Ooh. and especially when you get like the big scary monsters or villains or whatever chasing after you, like uh, having. Um, you remember that game, uh, the Evil Within? Yeah. And there's that guy in the very beginning of the game. Like I'm. This is not much of a spoiler for anybody who's played it or seen a YouTuber play it. Where uh, there's this guy that, like, the hospital turns into a slaughterhouse. And, you know, you get, like, kind of limpish And you're running down this hallway. And you just hear the, like, I think it's a chainsaw. The guy's chasing you with. And you just, like, run, mother, mother effer, run. <laughs> and, yeah, so it just gets really uh, kind of that whole, that your adrenaline just starts pumping. And that's, that's what I think is the great thing about just most scary things. Mm -hmm. Is that it gets... It kind of creates this sense of fear yeah. that you know you're not in actual mortal danger, but it gets the adrenaline pumping, it heightens your senses, it makes you feel like a bit of a, a superhero in a way. Yeah. Not to like over-exaggerate or anything, but you're just more alert, more focused. No, that's fair. So, what's your favorite scary game? Oh, favorite scary game. Uh, that's going to be a tough one because recently I was actually playing a um, Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted on the VR. Uh -huh. And I got to say, I mean, playing um, The Evil Within was really good, despite, you know, some people's uh, certain opinions about it. I like Or it. Resident Evils or Silent Hills. I've never played Silent Hills, so I can't really say <clears throat> I'm like a super big nerd in horror games. But I th there's something that was just so, uh, you know, just that Resident Evil has a classic stronghold, like, place in my heart where, you know, from one minute you go from, like, you gotta take out the, the one zombie or you gotta fight something to the next minute, you know, you're looking at a horde and you don't have the ammo, you gotta run kind of thing. Yeah. And, yeah, it's the, the all the different monsters in there and all the different things that are going on. There's stuff that's happening in the backgrounds with, like, the Umbrella Corporation and stuff. Like, it has built such an incredible zombie apocalypse uh, world and everything with all the follow-up games and stuff. Yeah. That it's, like, now it's kind of, like, it just, it's in, a, in this weird way. It kind of went from being, like, a pharmaceutical company to a international biochemical weapons company that's really gotten shady. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, there's, like, Resident Evil is definitely one that I would say, whenever I see that title, I'm 
rarely disappointed and always in for a good scare. Um, I yeah. haven't played that Resident Evil um, playthrough that you did on our friends VR that one time. Uh, I didn't. I didn't get to. I did play like a lot, a lot, and stuff just because I was only over there for a little bit and everybody was taking turns. But and this also was pre. Uh, Pandemic. Oh, yeah, this was like a... Like, what, three it, years ago? Yeah, it was something like when it first came out or something. Yeah. Because I remember it was... I just finished watching all the playthroughs that Markiplier had done on it. But nice. he did it not in VR at the time. Yeah. <coughs> and, uh... I can only imagine, because you said you played the Five Nights at Freddy's, and I've seen you play a little bit. Yeah. A little bit of it into VR, and I can only imagine how, you know, like, more immersive it is, especially after having done Resident Evil 7 for that little bit on, on the VR, that was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, like, everywhere you look, there's all this gross stuff, and every, like, it's not like when you're looking through, like, a TV screen or monitor or whatever, where it's, you know... You have to move the character's line of sight to see whatever's on the yeah, screen. Yeah, you could just look around and see whatever you want to see. And then that, uh, the dad or whatever of that family, he's like chasing you if you, he sees you. And that's, that's, that's terrifying. Yeah. It brought a whole new, yeah, a whole new like aversion to like a Resident Evil game that was something I had not experienced. And that being one of my... Uh, one of my favorite uh, horror game genre or horror game titles. Yeah, and stuff. The Resident Evil franchise. I definitely, definitely thought that that was absolutely neat, and I would highly <clears throat> recommend that we <laughs> we get that game so that you could you could get the pants scared off of me. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty spooky. Yeah, and like that's one of the fun things about the whole. Um, you know, not to go too much on a tangent about how great VR is, but just thinking about it, like, I remember as a kid seeing an uncle of mine play that Jurassic Park game and getting freaked out by seeing the dinosaurs. And, especially, you know, back in those days, like, what was, like, killer graphics and really awesome-looking gameplay. Wait, like the Sega Genesis one I was talking about? Yep, oh, I had nice. an uncle that... I didn't play it, but I saw a little bit of it, and he was trying to get through the bushes where these velociraptors were, I think. And it was just the whole, like, you know, just getting like, ah, they're going to get you and everything. Like, yeah, yeah it was just, it was such a scary thing in that moment because, like, that was, like, cutting edge of the time and that mm -hmm. was fast paced, like, horror, like, you know, it's, it's a going to jump and get you kind of thing. But then, uh, you know, you step forward, you know, uh, a decade or so and consoles and graphics have come so far along and it becomes more realistic. And, like, there's... I mean, some people could, you know, maybe say Laura Croft is a bit of... Like, the Tomb Raider games are a bit of a horror ones, even though they're more of, like, a puzzle-solving kind they're of like adventure. A, yeah, puzzle-solving But when adventure. you have a freaking T-Rex ready to chow down on you... Yeah. Like, that... I mean, I don't know... I don't care who you are. It's like when something that's... I don't know how big T-Rexes are, but by the looks of that one, I'd say, you know, something that's, like... 30 feet tall or 10 meters, like, whatever system you go by, 
is looking at you like you're some kind of popcorn chicken nugget. Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, this is not going to end well. Well, and a perfect example of the graphics that have gone forward is even, like, when I bought Resident Evil 6, they had a special edition thing where you could buy six and go, it, you basically got the downloads to go back and play all the previous one ones? One through five. Just, just the main canon games, I guess. Yeah, not side stories. Not the side stories and stuff, but, and I remember, um, that was on the PlayStation 3. Yeah. Right? But I remember uh, a few years back, I was like, oh, let's do Resident Evil. Like, we'll play the ball. And you were like, yeah, okay. And so I put on... Yeah, we never got around to that, unfortunately. Well, we started it, but the problem was... Is you didn't like the graphics on the first one. Yeah, no, because like I said, when I remember the very first playthrough of the Resident Evil game on the GameCube, because to me, that was the original Resident Evil, and then I saw what was the original original. I was like, this was what they were playing back then? <laughs> yeah, so that whole um, Resident Evil 1 remastered on the GameCube was kind of like the big, uh, like the what was kind of like the, I guess you could say the standard that was set. I yeah. mean, it felt like the controls were pretty much the same. I mean, you kind of like, the camera angle is fixed in the room, and, you know, you're kind of like, you have to rotate left and right to make the character turn, and it felt kind of like you were controlling a remote control, like, car or tank or something, mm -hmm. and it, it wasn't bad, it was just one of those cases of, like, horror, <clears throat> horror games since then have gotten so much smoother on the, you know, character control and response and everything. Oh, yeah, and, like, the perfect example of that, again, is if I, we were to go back and play, like, on the PlayStation 3, the Resident Evil 1, even if we just went through and played from Resident Evil 1 to Resident Evil 7, mm -hmm. the changes would be astronomical. Night. Oh, yeah, night and day difference, because, like, the first Resident Evil was so pixelated... I mean, back then, these were, like, cutting-edge graphics and pretty... You had never seen anything so clear in your life. Yeah, but then you look at it from when Resident Evil 7 comes out and look at back at it and you're thinking, this is just so boxy and, yeah. you know, it looks so clunky. Yeah, that was the problem when we started that playthrough, is at the time, I think you had your, your GameCube was like, boxed away or something. And yeah. you really, you were like, if we're going to play this... I want to play that original one on the GameCube because you're just going to see how much better the graphics are. Mm -hmm. And maybe part of that had to do with, I don't think that they upgraded the graphics. No, they, um, uh... When they, when they did that, so you were playing a PlayStation 1 game on a PlayStation 3. Yeah, so obviously the PlayStation 3 is just a beast compared to the PlayStation 1 on the every account yeah but it was still it was just it felt like so unsmooth so like rigid in a way yeah but not that i'm saying the game is bad i mean obviously no. the game is still scary and everything even with like the you know old classic graphics and gameplay and everything it was just there's it's just that your gamecube version was less 
less like pixelated and a little better graphics. Yeah, so it just felt a little smoother and like yeah, and of course, like I said, I got kind of got ruined by other horror games mm-hmm. um, being smoother than that. Funny story. Speaking about old like video games, scaring and everything. I remember as a kid that my parents and I were playing um, Donkey Kong Country 2, <laughs> and there was some, like, pirate ship-type level kind of thing, and it was just the music, the scenery, the, like, action between the bosses and everything, and my parents were like, hey, okay, it was like, you know, they fight, fought the boss a few times and they lost, so they were like, do you want to give it a try? And I just said... Uh, no, I'm, like, too afraid of this because the boss looks scary, the scenery looks scary. It's like, I, I don't, I, I'm gonna poop my pants here in a second. Like, this is just so, like, intense and, yeah. <clears throat> of course, being, like, seven or eight years old, it was like, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, now I kind of look back at it and think, oh, that wasn't that scary. Because, yeah, especially after playing that, uh, the VR Five Nights at Freddy's there. Oh, man. Mm. That got so immersive. I mean, okay, so the VR headset I have, you know, has the built-in headphones and kind of thing. Like, it's like little earbuds you put into your ears, not earmuffs you put on. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, you know, so I turned the volume up to a good enough volume so I could hear everything going on around me. I could tell you it was volume 18 because I saw it on the TV. Oh, you did see that? <laughs> I did. Okay, and then, yeah, so I, uh, you know, it was the whole, like, a door opens up and you turn the light on and Mangle just crawls, scutters away, and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah I'm gonna punch you in the face. So, just to clarify, you weren't playing, like... FNAF, what, or whatever. You were playing, like, the vent yeah, the, fixing level or whatever. Yeah, the uh, vent repair or whatever it was called. Yeah. And, yeah, I was, like, actually seeing, like, Mangle's face that close to me and scu- uh, scuttering away when my headlamp shined in its face. It was just like, ugh, that was creepy. And then it was like, okay, you know, you flick the switches or whatever and you can barely make out at the end with the headlamp. That he's, like, just right there, and then he scuttles away again. It's like, oh, you SOB. Yeah. And then um, the other, uh, the other, there's, like, three doors that open up one after another, and it's like, okay, the next one opened up. I'm like, oh, I, I totally had that feeling from, like, the first Alien movies when the guy was going around looking for the alien with that flamethrower. Uh, yeah. And it's like, it's right on top of you. And it's like, you can't see garbage down these chutes. Like, you barely can make anything out ten feet in front of you. And, uh, yeah, it was just the whole, I was relying on my hearing. And you were watching me play this, and you'll vouch for me on this. I was saying, holy, f- I'm fucked, I'm fucked, I'm yeah. fucked. Just, like, ready for this thing to just come and nip my giblets. Absolutely, but then you did it. Oh yeah, but I was swinging my head left, right, and center so fast, I thought that VR headset was going to come flying off. I even tightened it up in the middle of it. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty funny. And then uh, right after that, I went to the actual, like what it does for FNAF uh, number one, but I played night two. And I was getting ready. I was like looking for all the trinkets. I was like, hey, I got, I got a brief amount of time. Find the coins. Find the tapes. Find whatever I can, kind of thing. And then I was like, okay, now I'm looking and I'm looking and my hands are flailing around and everything. And then you, oh, you, you devious! I swear you did this on purpose. I did it. 
you say you didn't, but I'm calling shenanigans on that because as I'm playing, all of a sudden she reaches out and touches my forearm. And of course, my adrenaline is going because, you know, I can hear footsteps all around. I can, you know, hear the laughter of the animatronics. And then, yeah, the touch on my arm was just, Jesus, what the hell? And I must have jumped like like a pretty good, like half foot, maybe a foot into the air, like, because you startled me so bad. Okay, so in my defense, the way that we have our living room set up, is our TV's at the far end of the living room, like, in front of the window. And then we've got a couch on, like, against one wall. Mm-hmm. And then the love seat is across from it. And I was sitting on the couch. And, in fact, I think I was even laying on the couch, if I remember correctly. Because I were. was trying to, like, flatten myself out in case you did have to... I was thinking it would be like job simulator or something where you might have to reach over, but you wouldn't. And when you were playing the vent part of that, yeah, I had. had I thought I had to hit that light switch thing. Yeah, you were pressing a button. You were reaching down to press a button, and you were like literally pressing my tubby, (laughs) and I was like, oh okay, and stuff. But I thought, well, when you went to the FNAF, like one day too, I was like. All his buttons are up high, so it shouldn't be a problem. And, of course, I'm swinging around trying to find every little trinket and secret. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to, inadvertently, of course, he's going to, like, give me a broken nose or something. Oh, my (laughs) God. So I said to you, like, three or four times, because I didn't think that the guy, like, the phone guy was talking or whatever. But the TV was on. I know, but it just didn't cross my mind that, that you couldn't hear me. And so I was like, hey, is it okay if I move? Like three or four times. And then I'm like, oh, he's not hearing me. And so I was like, oh, if I just tap his arm lightly, that'll get his attention. Oh, it got my <laughs> attention in a heartbeat. No, I wasn't <laughs> intending to, like, scare the... You know, it's a good thing you were wearing your brown pants, so we'll put it that way. But <laughs> I, uh... I didn't mean to do that. I was more of just like, can I just move? But I couldn't get past you on the couch because you're right in the center in between. like Right in the middle of the living room. Yeah, and, and it's like, oh man, I'm gonna, even if I tried to climb down and like crawl across the floor, <laughs> I'm afraid that you're just gonna like get me and stuff. So I, I do apologize. I didn't, I didn't mean to scare you, but also it was really funny. Yeah, so with that whole little tidbit there, it just goes to show how some games are really good at amping up the scare factor. Because I've seen like Markiplier and I think um, a few other YouTubers do a few levels of the Five Nights at Freddy's VR. Yeah. And so, of course, I knew what to expect. And, of course, obviously, I know it's VR, so it's not actually going to, you know, like yeah. hurt me or anything. But it was just something about, like, that touch that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, yeah, And I when do. the adrenaline's pumping, it is just like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I do apologize, because I know if it had been reversed and I had been the one playing, and you would touch me, I probably would have just started running. 
with the headset on and then or the VR yeah the headset on and then I feel like it would have been one of those things in the movies where I'd be like oh my god and I'd turn around and then the cord would like pull me back towards the TV and I'd just be like oh. land flat on your back yes <laughs> probably not but I would definitely panic if <clears throat> someone touched my arm yeah and actually there was uh before I even got FNAF for the VR um the one I got was actually kind of a combo set and it came with a, uh, and of course, you know, being a nerd, I was like, oh, there's a golf game package one with a, I can't remember what it was, something called, something in rain or whatever it was. Like, it looked like a cop first person shooter type thing. And I was like, oh, that looks cool. And then I check out the next, like, option that this, that uh, Best Buy had for the VR headset. And there was one that it was just Iron Man. Well, of course, Iron Man. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like he's the second best Marvel superhero ever. <laughs> Says you. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I was like looking at that. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, okay, well, I'm getting the Iron Man one. And so, yeah, playing the Iron Man thing is like, oh, man, I got vertigo flying around in the suit yeah. on the first little bit. Because, like, you see the ground going up from you and your legs get all shaky and you're just like, oh. Yeah, it's hard for your mind to understand that you're... Still standing. You're still standing there when it thinks, but I'm flying right now. Yeah, and and so with that all said and done, the uh, next part of the story was that uh, there's the little bit of a spoiler. Uh, there's a villain in this series, in, a, in that game called Ghost. And Ghost is able to hide from quite a lot of Tony's sensors. And so anyways, you get to this tower in, I think it's Hong Kong. And you're looking around to try to find evidence of Ghost, you know, messing around and what Ghost is trying to do. And Ghost is like, you know, you got the headphones in and you're looking around. You know you're wearing the Iron Man suit of armor and stuff, but it's still like, it's just that scariness of like the room's like low lighting. Things are falling all over the place because Ghost is messing around with them and you're trying to find Ghost. Mm -hmm. And then it was like right when you get to the last thing, uh, or second last thing, Ghost actually pops out of the wall and like grabs you kind of. And like I actually jumped at that because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was expecting like to fight Ghost and everything, but just that sudden pop out of the wall like an actual ghost and, you know, pushing you back. It was like, yeah. what the hell? Like... You know you're safe, but because you know one, it's VR, and two, you're in the Iron Man suit. But still, it was like, yeah, just it was that shock value, and it was a good jump scare because I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I know, definitely. And uh, yeah, that was one of <clears throat> one of my personal favorite kind of events, I guess you could say, with the whole VR thing. Yeah. is that it really gets you into the game because no matter where you look, you're in the game. You feel like you know you're actually in the game uh, because it's you're essentially looking at the world in your own eyes in a way it's like you're looking at it very first person kind of thing it's not mm. through a screen and you see the gun in the bottom right of the screen or something like that and it's what you do with your own arms and how yeah. you stand and everything like you can crouch down the game do, like uses that and yeah. that's really awesome. Your every move affects what your character is doing rather than just move it up with the yeah, which buckets. yeah, which still is like you know it can be that can be very scary because oh, you, yeah. you know you're in control of the character and you feel like you gotta obviously you become immersed in that way. But this is a whole new level of it. So yeah. that kind of actually gets me kind of thinking on like the 
on the nerdy side of it, like Ready Player One. You've seen that movie, right? Yeah, we went to the theater and saw it. Yeah, and just uh, making sure that the fans know as well. But there's that in that movie, Ready Player One, the VR headset, the bodysuit that people wear to like feel yeah. stuff, and even that uh, 360 treadmill, so it allows you to walk and run around in any direction, but you don't move in real life, like you're in yeah. one stationary spot. Like, that was a pretty cool setup type thing, and I really can't help but wonder, it's like when, you know, first-person shooter games or horror games... <clears throat> like, that's going to become just, like, the common... Because, I mean, VR is still kind of, like, not everybody has it. And, yeah, it's a newer thing. Yeah, it's still relatively new. <clears throat> but when it becomes so commonplace and how many years... Like, when the technology gets really good with it, you know, everyone's going to have it and play it. So, it's only a matter of time, but I'm kind of wondering, when is that next level coming out? Yeah. Because, yep. I mean, obviously, VR is not for anything brand new, and saying I have a VR headset is because, you know, I budgeted it, I saved up for it, because like, when I was first looking at them, yeah. the real horrifying story was that at most online places back when the pandemic started and the lockdowns were going on was they were asking for, like, 800 bucks and up for these things. Yeah. And I thought, are you kidding me? I don't have that kind of money right now. I mean, sure, no. I could, but... I mean, I don't want to be eating KD and, you know, trying to, like, keep every light off and blah, blah, blah. Was like, so I was, like, saving up for it. And then when I saw that the price had dropped significantly months later to the then that bundle pack for 450 I was like, that's, you know, yeah, you also, much less than I was expecting. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, go ahead. Um, you also got it through, like, an actual store once things started opening up again. You were able to call them and tell them what you wanted, and then they, when you got there, you were, like, knock on the door, and they sold it to you through the door, so to speak, right? And then you were able yeah. to get it. So It still wasn't, like, how it used to be, but no, it was still better than but it's, ordering online. It's one of the very few times, but, I mean, we were happy to do that because it supported, like, I know Best Buy maybe isn't, like, a local business, but, you know, we only have one in our city, so it was nice to be able to support those people who had just come back from being, you know, closed out or whatever for however long. Yeah, Because they they're... weren't essential. And be able to kind of support them and be like, yeah, like, we're glad you guys are open again, so to speak, and stuff. So that was definitely nice, and it was nice, too, that I don't remember if you got it on some sort of special or something, but I nope, think... No, I think that was regular price. Yeah, so that's that's really nice, right? Yeah, like I said, I didn't really do too much shopping, because, like, the first prices I saw for, like... VR headsets and, like, Oculus Rifts and stuff, like, whatever was available kind of thing. It was, was like, quite expensive. Yeah. And that might have been a bad thing, because I know the main reason you wanted to get the v VR set headset for anything was kind of just to have a little bit of something that would keep you active during, like, the pandemic and during the winter, like, when the winter came around, right? Yeah, exactly. we live in Alberta, so our winters aren't exactly uh, the mildest. They can be sometimes, but... Yeah. I mean, we already... We've we already, already got snowfall out here. Yeah, we've already had a little... Because, I mean, right now, like, that 
when we're recording this is October 20th. Yeah. And we've had, like, the snow fell about, what, three, four days ago? I don't... Something around that. I don't but... quite remember. I remember we had, like, a snowfall warning, and we were supposed to get 10 to 15 centimeters of snow. Which and... didn't happen, thankfully. No, we got eight. I saw that we broke our record for whatever that date was from a few years ago or whatever, and we got eight centimeters of snow <clears> in a day. Um, which is still... I mean, it was still a significant amount, and, like, you were out today, because even though I don't have COVID, I'm not going anywhere <laughs> until I'm better. I can't even return to work, actually, until I have none of my symptoms, and we waited until literally today to record, because, A, I was sleeping, Like she sounds, She might sound bad right now, but she was sounding a lot worse. Yeah, this is me sounding better. I'm just still not good enough to go back to work yet, unfortunately. But we're hoping in the next couple of days I'm going to be much better because this is really... This really is an improvement on what I was sounding, but... Um, you went out uh, earlier today... And you said that the roads were... They were skating rinks. Like, there were times yeah. where it was like, okay, if I'm going to make the commitment to get onto this certain main road... Yeah. Um, I got to drive... Like, I got to wait till like, I am good and clear, because getting going was a bit of a task, and made sure that there was lots of distance between me and the people in front of me. Which yeah. I kind of think is like, maybe the whole driving... Um, especially standard and for so long in Alberta, uh, especially with some of the road conditions I've driven in. Like, I'm kind of surprised I'm still alive, to be honest, because huh. there's been times where it's like, uh, yeah, I, I should be dead because that was scary and uh, that could have been a big mess up. It could have been, but it wasn't, thank yeah. God. And no. so, yeah, but my point being is that our winters aren't always very conducive to going for a nice jolly stroll well i mean for me it's like okay you know just layer up a lot and everything i mean yeah put I on mean, some long johns a couple extra socks and you took your dog for a walk today in it but yeah no i still layered up a bit because oh, even yeah. though it was only like minus six we've dropped from like the usuals around like high teens kind of weather mm -hmm. and that's in celsius yeah. Uh, funny little joke. Canadian between, Celsius. Yeah, between me and her, uh, you know, it was Canadian Celsius. <laughs> yeah, when I first got sick, I had to call our, we have a phone number that you could call, and basically they'll give you like a health assessment. It's nurses, and they give you a health ass assessment, and if you have any symptoms that could be COVID related, right, then they'll hook you up. I'll hook you up. They're not like, <laughs> they're not walking down the street being like COVID test, COVID test, but they'll sign you up for a COVID-19 test. And just a public service announcement. If you see anybody walking down the street uh, saying COVID <laughs> test, get your COVID test. Don't trust that person. I don't think it's going to end that well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I automatically, as soon as I wasn't feeling well, because I recognized, like, I had a runny nose, my eyes were watering, my throat was sore, and I knew at least one of those was potentially a symptom. And I was pretty sure that in order to go back to work, I was going to most likely need a COVID-19 test 
just to prove that I didn't have it, if anything else, and stuff, because I'm pretty sure that's one of the policies where I work, is that if you're not, like, something that is not anywhere near COVID, you would need a test, right, to prove it, and stuff, so I called this, and, uh, this, uh, this guy, he was kind of funny, and stuff, um, but you I, gave him your temperature in Fahrenheit. Yeah, I'm a kid of the 80s, and so Canada switched to Celsius in, in 1975, yeah. and I was born in 1985, and so I don't know if that's why, but my mom used to always take our temperature in Fahrenheit. Yeah, even like my parents, like even though like using the Celsius system is kind of like what they use now, and they say like, if we're going to Mexico, we want to, you know, have, uh, we want to go to where it's like... 30 degrees kind of thing. You or know higher. they're talking about Celsius. Yeah, because yeah, like 30 degrees Fahrenheit is 2 degrees below freezing point in yeah. Fahrenheit. And it's like, why would you want to go... Like, that? Mexico never gets to the freezing point. It's yeah. too close to the equator. Yeah, but... So anyway, I gave the guy my temperature in Fahrenheit because he asked if I had a fever. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, it's this. I don't remember what it was, but I was like, oh, it's this. And he's like... <clears throat> Do you have that in Canadian Celsius? So yeah, we've been having that little joke for the past few days. <laughs> and stuff. It was just, it was, it was funny. I got a, like he, he was a friendly enough guy or whatever and stuff. And I can't imagine the amount of phone calls he's had to, to take and whatever related to this. So I just kind of like laughed it off because. Yeah, you know, it's that whole. It was, <laughs> it was. It was, you know, whatever. Maybe he was having a frustrated moment. Maybe he was just trying to be funny, whichever when It was... I chalk it up to maybe he was just trying to add some humor to his day, so... Yeah, and of course, um, we yeah, we had some good talks and laughs about that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, but just to kind of... Kind of circle back to my point about... Uh, the whole, like, horror games and, you know, the immersion and everything mm-hmm. is that I think what a lot of the reason why some horror games don't scare me that easily, mm-hmm. not that they don't scare me, it's just that because um, when I got my driver's license, my learners, and so I was 14, living in Calgary, with uh, and my parents, they decided to teach me how to drive, and of course they decided to teach me how to drive with a standard transmission or manual. So that was quite the learning curve, and I remember my hands shaking after I got out, and when I was when we like parked and I was done, I was like, "Oh man, like that was intense and everything." Like you know, you just like the adrenaline just pumping and stuff. So, yeah. and like I said, the icy roads that we get and, uh, around here, um, you know, it's kind of that whole I've kind of normalized that uh, scare kind of thing or the conditions of it. It's like. So, uh, there are still people out there that is like, I swear, as soon as ice hits the ground, they forget how to drive. Hmm. But I'm, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a Calgary or Edmonton type thing. Or, like, yeah, or even Red Deer thing, right? Like, yeah, it's, like, it's literally just like, it's not like a city uh, kind of thing. It's just a, it happens anywhere and everywhere, and especially when people don't realize, hey... The road conditions are bad. Getting there late is better than, uh, by a few minutes, is better than getting there late for a few hours because I wrecked my car. Yeah, no, definitely, right? And, I mean, even... So, just, yeah, like, the kind of situation regarding that. So, I kind of got... I know 
for some people, driving, especially in Calgary or Edmonton, not you in particular, I'm actually thinking of a different person, a co-worker's wife that I remember, is that she gets so rattled and like road rage and anxiety and everything driving in Calgary or Edmonton that when they approach the either one of those cities, they actually have to park and switch drivers because she can handle the highway. But as soon as she's in town, it's just like it's a whole different <laughs> ballpark. Yeah. And yeah, so like I said, it's that um, the having the manual transmission and stuff like that and knowing how to handle the road conditions and, you know, all that stuff is that you kind of realize what your stopping distance is like. So, you yeah. know, it's like it's a lot of scary stuff when you kind of think about it, especially if there's anybody listening who doesn't really get a lot of icy roads like anybody in a more southern country than us uh so obviously this might sound absolutely horrifying and you think why the hell do you live in canada well you know it's like in a way i actually enjoy some of the beauty of winter because you know there's snowboarding and stuff like that but it's just all the scary things in real life that i've kind of been through is like video games are kind of like it's a nice way to relive that like heart pumping adrenaline and everything, mm-hmm. but you're still completely safe. Well, that was the thing. Like even I remember an episode of Dark Vale and that I listened to, and they talked about like essentially. Isn't Dark Vale one of our favorite podcasts with John and Tori? <laughs> it sure is. Yeah, they uh, they have some really incredible stuff that has great insight, and I highly recommend people checking them out. Absolutely, guys. They don't just do murder stories, but they do do murder stories, but they also do a whole plethora of different things like creatures under the sea and uh, haunted mansion, Zach Baggins' haunted mansion and uh, Randonautica. It's just, it's definitely one of our favorite podcasts and we never miss an episode of it, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, But... That was a great segue to talk about him, actually. <laughs> but to be honest, they did do an episode that was, um, it was talking about, like, fear, I guess. Yep. And, like, at what point, what point is it fun, kind of, to be afraid of, and at what point is it, like, takes it over the edge and stuff. And they were talking about, like, these crazy haunted houses where they could, like, torture you. It's a really good episode. I'd highly recommend you guys check it out. Yeah, but... you have to sign a waiver, and, like, the things that they can do to you. Like, at first, <laughs> when I heard about this, I thought, ah, I can take it. Like, if it's just a haunted house type thing, it's like, yeah, it'll be scary and everything, but as long as there's no <laughs> permanent physical harm or I whatever, and then be... you, the details behind all this, I was yeah. just like, nope, nope. It's like, there's they can pull your teeth out, they can pull your nails out, they can tattoo nails. you. Yeah, and stuff like it's, And it's like if I'm getting a tattoo, it's because I want it and it's gonna be where I want it and it's what I want of. Exactly. But one of the things that yeah, I think I feel like that they kinda touched on or whatever is yeah, like something like a video game or a movie or whatever. It allows you to have that same not same scared feeling because I've never been like waterboarded or anything, so I don't know how that would feel. But it allows you to have that a, a sense of fear, but you still are in the safety of like your home or a movie theater or whatever. Yeah. So you know that's where it's like it's fun because it's like, oh, I'm afraid, but I also know that I'm safe, right? Yeah, like I've almost drowned. 
at one point in my life. And so yeah, it's like the whole that desperation for air is quite the adrenaline rush. Like your body, your whole mind is just fixated on your next breath. There's nothing else that matters. Yeah, and I luckily I just I'm so sorry you went through that. I personally am lucky that I was too young. I don't remember remember it. And actually, it was my brother who saved my life. Thanks, John. Yeah, thank you, John. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're sweet. I know though. Sometimes, like, I'll be bugging him or whatever, and he'll make a a joke about like, "Oh, man, you should just like go away or whatever." I'm like, "Yeah, it's your chance, and you saved my life. Too bad for you." <laughs> yeah, but. Uh... Back to the horror game uh, genre and everything, and speaking about like the what level is it fun and what level is it actually like too much. Mm. Um, there's this uh, mall around Calgary called the Cross Iron Mall or Cross Iron Mills, mm. and they had an arcade. They have an arcade in the like the, for the movie theater section, where there's this actual horror video game thing you play. And I kid you not, it says that people with heart conditions should not enter this game and play. Wow. And it was like me and my buddy, we were just like, yeah, we're both good. We're healthy, you know, grown men and everything. Yeah. We hop in and there's heart rate monitors on the controls for the gun things that you kind of use. And I tell you, our heart rates were well above 120, like wow. 130 something. Like it was just, we were just, our... Because the chair vibrates, there's air pressurized air release things, mm. the volume just bleh and everything, like it just gets you so right into it that it's like it's like okay, the game will actually shut off or stop the game if it senses that there is a potential fatal heart issue about to happen. Wow. So yeah, like there are some games out there that get really good, and then there's some games that get so scary mm. and so intense that you literally, like the game literally has to stop because it's like, hey, this is just too much for people. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know that, not that I have a heart. <laughs> you have a heart. No, I'm sorry, a heart condition. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, but I don't know. I was going to say, it's like, I mean, yeah, there's sometimes where you can be a little bit on the evil side, <laughs> but you have a heart. <laughs> I mean, sure, our Fallout character, the one that you want to play as, where she's just a complete, you know, evil, evil cold hearted biatch, but. It's because yeah. I never play that. I'm not that in real life, so I just thought it'd be fun to play someone who could, like, pickpocket everybody and steal all the items and stuff. And as soon as somebody badmouths you, there's a bullet between their eyes. Pretty much. <laughs> just something fun and different. But um, I don't think I would ever play that just because I like being afraid, but I like being afraid to a certain point. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, because, like, again, this is where I've been, people that have heard previous episodes know that all the scary jokes that I want to pull onto you, yeah, um, they would be the kind that would have you just wanting to, you know, uh, kick me in the knees and, <laughs> you know, just be like, you know what? You you don't even get the couch. You sleep on the floor for a week because that was mean and everything. And we're gonna have to bring in like a 
you know, some priest or something to cleanse the house kind of thing, because how dare you? Yeah. How dare you bring a Ouija board into our home? Yeah, it would be like that. Like, I don't... And I'm glad that you would never actually do those. Like, I do appreciate that. Although you have a devious sense of humor. I do have a devious sense of humor, but I know when to, like, pull the reins hard. Yeah, and I appreciate that. That you're not just like, oh, that'd be funny. I'm just gonna do it. And then I'm like, oh my god, I can't sleep for three weeks. There, there, yeah, you know, it's like, there, there are other things that I've thought of pulling and everything, but, like, uh, yeah, and it's just like, oh, I'm thinking of the time when I showed you that, like, in a parking lot back when you used to work for a video store about me being able to drift uh. the back wheels of my car. And I only drifted them for, uh, like, you know, just a little bit, and it was a little bit stupid and Yahoo-ish and everything. But it was also a pretty empty parking lot. Everything it was, a was across the parking Yeah, lot. like, this was, like, I was complete, I was in complete control of, like, how much I drifted. I had control of the speed and everything. Yeah. I knew that, like, it would take a colossal mess-up to you know, put anybody in danger. Yeah. And I just remember you bawling after I did that because you didn't have that sense of control. Yeah. Kind of thing that, so you, it, it was not a fun time for you. And I still feel bad about oh, that. That's one of the reasons that. why it's like, okay, I thought that would be, you know, a little bit of fun. For you, that was absolutely mortifying. So well, it was like, okay, clearly there is a line. I crossed it, but not a, never I again. I mean, we had first started dating then, too, so you didn't really know that that would be that scary to me. And you also didn't know that I have had friends in the past who also have held standards and drifted and things like that. And I happened to be in a vehicle where someone was drifting their vehicle and they got very, very close to crashing it, and mm -hmm. it terrified. Like, before that, I always thought drifting was fun. You know, as long as you were doing it, like, kind of in an empty parking lot, no one's around, whatever. You know, you just drift it for a second as, like, a fun little woo, right? And, and stuff. We had a friend of the family that used to do that with her car, and it was, it was pretty fun, right? And stuff. But when this happened, it scared, it scared me. I was, I was not prepared for that, and... Uh, then after that, I was like, oh, drifting vehicles, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. So, but you didn't know that, so. Yeah, it, there was no malicious intent with the drifting of it. No, and I wasn't bad at you, or I didn't, well, I wasn't like, oh, how dare you? I was more of just like, you know, I got upset about it because it scared me and stuff, and then I explained it to you, and you were like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I, I made like, a goof. It's okay. Yeah. You know, those things happen. However, if you willingly brought a Ouija board into this house, I would be very angry <laughs> with you because you know my feelings on it. I do. And again, the whole, like, I just, you know, I tell you it only because this is, to me, absolutely hilarious. But I know even though it, okay, it, it would be very badly received. Yes, I'll give you this. Just talking about it, funny. You doing it? No. <laughs> Just no. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's like a pretty good episode on video games. We kind of drifted off a little bit. Yeah, sorry, eh, guys. Get it. Yeah. But, you know, we, uh, 
Yeah, I had, uh, there's been a lot of good experiences with video games mm -hmm. being horror, or, like, horror kind of, like, moments, and actually, like, full-on horror-based games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I have a big question for all our fans out there. What, uh, what is your favorite horror game, and why? If you guys feel like you want to share with us and tell us about them, Please leave a comment um, in like on our Facebook page at Little Nerdy. Okay, uh, sorry. It's, yeah, there's Little Nerdy uh, for Facebook, and we also have an email if you want to send it more, you know, privately kind of thing. In case you know you feel like Facebook's not the thing for you, such as people like me. Uh, you can also send us uh, an email at Little Nerdy Podcast dot. Uh, com or at gmail.com yeah little dirty podcast at gmail.com and yeah that uh, pretty much wraps it up for now and look please look forward to our upcoming debate without hate and we're gonna have uh, a couple Halloween debate things in there yeah so just remember guys no matter what your thing is or what you're into at the end of the day we're all just a little dirty and some of us are a little sick <laughs>